Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A very pleasant welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby on what we like to call a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday. Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. And uh, Luby I could put away the cyanide caps. Uh, he doesn't have to gargle with Maalox anymore. His <laughs> Miami Heat survived their opening round series. And whenever there is basketball to discuss and or dissect, we go to our, uh, our main guy. I mean, uh, on this conversation front uh, is uh, one of the greats of all time uh, to uh, have in this capacity. And, of course, a 15-year player in the NBA. He was an original member of the Miami Heat. Uh, he was setting screens for Pat Cummings for that little 14-foot baseline jumper. And uh, those shorts that looked like they would fit around Butterbean Ish. Uh, the uh, great Grant Long joins us here on the program. Uh, Grant, how are you, my friend? It's a wonderful morning, fellas. How are you? Yes, sir. Well, we're relieved. I mean, on a couple of fronts, uh, you know, we had the hockey thing going on also with the Florida Panthers, and we had a big bet against a guy who would have been, uh, I don't know if you remember, I'm not sure if you covered the heat uh, back in the day, uh, Mike Mayo, you remember a sports writer uh, from the Sun Sentinel named Mike Mayo by any chance, Grant Long. And, yeah. Uh, yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, he, he had an agenda, an axe to grind uh, with the uh, Florida Panthers. So he, he bet us a, a rather expensive dinner that they would lose in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, we, we were laced with anxiety. We looked like Nick Walenda trying to uh, cross the Smoke River Canyon that time when uh, all of a sudden he had misgaged the fact that it was going to be windy there. And he's wearing a pair of uh, ballet slippers. <laughs> Looked like he was going to the bottom of the abyss. So that, that, that's what kind of tightrope ride uh, that series was. But I had a couple of things I wanted to address before we get into uh, what's actually transpiring in the playoffs. Uh, I, I whiffed on one. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Stephen A. Smith. but And I know people have to say something. And, you know, in this business, they're asking you to have an opinion. But uh, when he declared that Dallas would get blown out, on SportsCenter, and I started screaming at Kendrick Perkins that that was going to be the case. I, I don't know why I didn't call my bookie, Louis Lip Lipschitz, and immediately get down on the money line on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, how much of a surprise was that to you? I mean, there was the indicator that something might go wrong, uh, but I really thought Phoenix was the best team in the league all, all year long, and uh, to see them, it was justifiable. There, there were brief struggles there against New Orleans with Booker out, but what did you make of their complete collapse against the Dallas Mavericks? And where does that leave us in the West? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you guys because everybody, even myself included, thought Phoenix was going to. The only competition I saw for Phoenix was the Golden State Warriors. I thought for sure that they would breeze through the rest of the competition and meet with the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And whatever happened after that, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised. And the other surprise to that is two other two other surprises is that Phoenix they were whole they weren't missing anybody. Yep, Luka no. Doncic had missed a couple of games uh, the last playoff series. Uh, he, he's not completely healthy. They're missing Tim Hardaway Jr. This is the team that wasn't supposed. But now they're good. They weren't supposed to be this good this early. And you've got to point to Luka and say he's the reason why they. Are, he's, he's the reason that, that they've ascended to this height in the playoffs, Luka Dantich has, because nobody expected them to be this. Yeah, considering that they had their whole team, everybody was, was healthy. They weren't missing anybody. And then you think about Dallas, 
a couple of games in the, in the previous series. You didn't know if he was fully healthy. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. is missing out of their lineup. So they're not a, a complete team as they should be, but some other guys have stepped up. And then you think about, yeah, they're very good, Dallas is, but nobody projected them to be this good this early. So you have to point to Luka Doncic and say, you know, he's the reason why. He's the guy that's, a, that's propelling them, them to this type of success. He's almost like Dirk. You know, the Dirk sits down and they plug this guy in and they're, and they're playing good, solid basketball once again. They're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. They, they really are. That's, to me, that's the surprise so far. Uh, in, in the playoffs that, that Dallas has ascended to the Western Conference playoffs. You're playing a pickup game in the park, Grant Long, and a guy that looks like Luka Doncic uh, shows up. If he wasn't tall, would you even take him? I mean, yeah. you would think that he, he would end up on the team that, that had the last pick because he just doesn't look the part. How the hell does this guy do it? I mean, you see all of this uh, tremendous athleticism, uh, you know, what a high-wire act uh, the NBA is now uh, in terms of the stars and the kind of player that becomes uh, an effective scorer. And, and then you get Doncic, and uh, he looks like he's moving in slow motion. Uh, he's wrestling two guys just to get the <laughs> ball up in the air. Uh, when he takes a shot, he makes all the right passes. Uh, and yet uh, it, it doesn't look like he's making an overwhelmingly uh, aggressive effort either uh, as he's out there. But um, it turns out to be one hell of a player. I, is he enough? Uh, to get them past uh, the Golden State Warriors? Or, or uh, you know, did we just see an arbitrary and, and sort of uh, impossible-to-figure collapse uh, by the Phoenix Suns at the moment of truth? I think it was a huge collapse, but I also think Dallas had a lot to do with that, and they're, they're going to continue to ride this wave. And like you, now listen, we're not talking about guys like Hansi Gennard. Remember that guy from Miami. We're not talking about, you know, yeah. Milos Bobic and, and that kind of stuff. This guy can actually play. You know, he, he yeah. came from overseas. He was actually playing. We always hear people talk about, well, he has some experience because he played overseas for a few years. Well, this guy, the proof's in the pudding because he did play. And he, apparently, he played at a higher level overseas than the other guys that, who have come from overseas to play in the NBA. This guy has really transformed and come over here. And his game, whatever he was doing over there, much like Tony Kukoc, he's in that realm of getting over here and everybody was anticipating something very special and he's, he's delivering. Luca is delivering that very special player. He's a guy that you can build your team around and that's what uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban decided to do. Grant, and I do want to move on to the uh, Heat Celtics and they're also second round series, but you said it and it, it rings true. In the NBA, usually the talk prevails. The Suns were as chalk as it gets. I mean, they were the number one seed by a lot. Uh, the only team to win 60 games. They were in the finals last year, and they were actually somehow better this year. They had injuries with Paul or Booker, and it didn't phase them, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs. And Paul was playing well most of that series until the last couple games. As In this world, my first move is to blame the coach. You were a player, and I know a lot of time players and coaches defend coaches. To me, as much as Jason Kidd did a good job, and the Mavs played strong defense, and Luka is right there with anyone in the league. It felt like Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns dropped a major ball with this game. And to me, I it's funny, a team that was in the finals last year to think about blowing it up. I don't know if you blow it up, but it, it feels like this was their zenith. If they couldn't win now, why would you keep going back with this group? What did you notice about that team? And like, how much blame do you put on the coach, Monty Williams and that staff? Because it feels like it kept getting worse and they did nothing different. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily made the adjustments that they needed to make. But I'll also go back and say, 
it was a, another epic Chris Paul collapse. Yeah, and, you know he's he's had he's had a few playoffs. You go back to when he was with the Houston Rockets and he just couldn't show up there. Then he got hurt in one of the series. I mean, you can go all the way back to when he was with the uh, with New Orleans and he, he got hurt during the playoff run. He always seems to come up lame. He was out of the bubble. He had he had COVID. He was uh, in football. Always something with this guy when it comes time to winning time. It's, it's something that always prevents from playing his best. And again, he was another opportunity A game seven. Heck, even in game six, I don't think he showed up and played his best basketball. So now, now we're, you know, are you going to bring Chris Paul back? Is, is he, is he too old? Can he still run a team? I believe he can, but like you said, you know, you've been there twice or you've tried to get, get there twice with this same lineup. You know, is it time for a shakeup? I, I don't know because you've got two very young guys and Andre, DeAndre Aiden, and 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 uh, and the and two guards, so the big guy, not the guy, Devin Booker. Booker. Yeah. I'm sorry, there you go. You, you got Devin Booker, so you, obviously you you don't let those guys go. So you add another piece and you keep moving. I, I don't think they're far off because they made it to the finals last year, so they're not far away. They just got to retool and, and maybe find that other that that other guy that can you know coexist with Andre Aiden and uh, Devin Booker. He's with the Detroit Pistons broadcast team, 15 years in the NBA. Grant Long, our special guest on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, the other thing I want to address, I mean, uh, I did whiff on the Stephen A. Smith factor, uh, thinking that I probably should have unloaded on the money line there on the Mavericks after he predicted the blowout. Uh, <laughs> if they had allowed uh, the liberal traveling uh, allotment that they uh, give to Giannis Antetokounmpo, could you have played another five years <laughs> of NBA basketball, Grant Long? You know what? Somebody did a. I, I saw something and they really counted like four steps after yep. he yes. picked yep. the ball up. Yep. Now, now, come on. There's a Euro step and then you, you're going outside of Europe, but you've got to take more than two or three <laughs> steps. You're traveling outside of Europe now. So forget yeah. the Euro step. It's something else after that. But these guys, it, it, here's the unbelievable part about it. You know, you've got instant replay. You've got these yes. guys that are in, in Secaucus, New Jersey, in this booth. And they're looking at all of these. Okay, if you get away with it in the first game, shouldn't you summon the officials and say, look, guys, you blew it last night. These guys are taking four or five steps after they picked the ball up. You've got to Maybe there should be a, a type of reprimand to the officials because they're the ones who are letting the players get away with it. Well, and then you watch the changing of pivot feet, which always bothered me. I had a guy I used to uh, square off against recreationally, and uh, he would change pivot feet like three different times while he was in a low post, uh, rubbing his uh, rear end into your uh, crotch area there. And, and then he would elbow you in the uh, chin and then take a fall away and call foul as he was going up. And you're thinking, it's impossible to guard a guy that's uh, going to change pivot feet. And this guy's already impossible to guard. So I, I don't know why they, uh, you know, are being so generous with him. That being said, and, and uh, you know, it would be easy to say, well, uh, without Middleton, uh, the Bucks uh, really weren't, you know, in there with, uh, you know, 100% chance uh, of winning against the Celtics. But they did take them to seven games, uh, had a 3-2 lead in the series, Um I give the Celtics a lot of credit for going back and uh, winning that game six and then coming out uh, in blowout fashion in game seven. And we know that this is not going to be an easy matchup, uh, you know, with the Heat uh, involved with Philadelphia. They lost those two games. They look bad in the process. Uh, but um, against the Celtics, uh, it's a different story. This is a much better defensive team than they faced in the first couple of rounds. Uh, how do you see this matchup uh, playing out? And what are some of the key elements, Grant Long, to the Heat-Celtics series upcoming? 
Yep, I agree with you on that one, Depot. This is going to be a, a very difficult series because Celtics have found a way to almost neutralize your key players. They did it to Kevin Durant. They did it to Kyrie Irving. Uh, to some degree, they did a little bit of it to Giannis Antetokounmpo. So they found a way. And their first-year coach, Ime Yudoka, he found a way to kind of neutralize your star player, the guy that's going to get a lot of points. They made him almost ineffective. Or if he's going to get his points, nobody else will uh, be a major contributor. And we saw that with the Bucks. Man, instead, they they were missing Middleton. That's a huge, you know, gap in their scoring. But they were able to shut the other guys down and force them to have difficult nights. I don't know if they'll be able to do that with the Heat because if you remember when we first came on a couple of weeks ago, I said the Heat and the Celtics. I added them to the mix and said they are probably the most complete teams that are playing in the playoffs. And I think that's what's going to save the Miami Heat. Yeah, I'm sure going to key in on Jimmy Butler, but so many other guys make major contributions. This this Heat team, they'll win without Jimmy Butler having 35 and, and 35 and 9 assists. They can still win without him doing that. So that's what's going to be difficult. If they exert all of their energy trying to hold down Jimmy Butler, those other guys are more than capable of having big nights to win a basketball game, and I think that's what's going to happen in the first game, but then Boston will have to make the major adjustment in the second game. I'm predicting the Heat to win the first one, and then Boston right. will have to make a major adjustment. They're going to have to make a major adjustment come game two, and we'll have to see what that adjustment will be, but the first adjustment is going to come from Boston, I guarantee it. One postscript on the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, uh, actually, a couple. Uh, they, they've announced, uh, Maury announced he's bringing back Doc Rivers, who, who we discussed uh, last week, probably caused him a series, although yep. I'm not sure uh, what condition Joel Embiid was in uh, in general anyway, but couldn't have helped to uh, be seeing out of one eye and needing a German Shepherd just to get to the arena. But <laughs> wearing that, that face mask uh, the entire time. But uh you know, and we talk about this all the time. Uh, got guys that make millions and billions of dollars, and uh, they become sports owners. And for some reason, all of that business acumen uh, goes out the door, flying out the window, and uh, they continue to make bozoic move after bozo move. Uh, now, uh, you know, a, a couple of months ago, you, you might have thought differently about this, but uh, James Harden. He did look like the aforementioned Butterbean Ish uh, when he was out there. Uh, once again, another vanishing act. Uh, at the uh, moment of truth in uh, both of those games uh, that uh, concluded the series, the fifth and the sixth game. Now, uh, my understanding is, uh, Grant, that, that he has a 47 or something like that million-dollar opt-in where he, he can just say, hey, guess what, guys? I'm coming back. And, you know, I, I experienced this with my brother. My brother has a bunch of money. He's uh, like had millions of dollars, uh, you know, uh, throughout most of his lifetime. He, he was fairly well off. And uh, yet he, he was uh, asking me if I wanted to uh, spend uh, $30 to overnight a check that he was sending me, you know, and, and thinking that that was a ridiculous idea. Just send it by regular uh, mule train, uh, which is uh, what's been happening with the mail lately. And I figured I don't want to wait uh, that long for uh, that much money. So, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm a gambler. Spring for the 30. But uh, I, I can't imagine that, that these rich guys want to blow $47 million on a guy that's a shell of himself. That has to be especially painful. And, you know, the bigger issue is uh, does somebody give James Harden at this stage a, a max five-year contract at, at like 50 to $60 million a year? Or, but would you say that he pretty much squandered that uh, with his uh, lack of effort and intensity? in the postseason and not even being in shape. Well, you know what? You, you almost have to go back a couple of years when he was with the Houston Rockets and his buddy, Daryl Morey, was the general manager there. 
Yeah. And remember, James Harden turned down a two-year extension over for $104 million. That was the extension they offered him. Two years, 104 million or $106 and he turned it down. So now Daryl Morey goes to Philly and James Harden goes to Brooklyn. Somehow he ends up again with Daryl Morey. So apparently that relationship, that's the only guy that sees something in James Harden that makes (laughs) him say, I'll pay pay the money. You see those two seem to keep connecting together. And I think James Harden knows that. Now the question is going to be on Daryl Morey because the entire basketball community is looking at him and saying, listen, we're getting ready to find out just how smart you are. Because most of the time, guys get that extra incentive on the end of their contracts or an extension, if you will, based on their potential. Well, that we've all seen that potential for James Harden is not there anymore. So what would you be paying for at this point? The potential is not there. He's definitely on the backside of that mountain. So what are you paying for at this point? He's not a ticket drawer. You're not going to put butts in the seats anymore. He's, he's scoring. He's not going to be that one guy that's the deciding factor that's going to help you win games or win a playoff series. He's already proven that. So now, again, it goes back to Daryl Morris. Are you going to break up this relationship that you have with James Harden and disappoint him? Or, are you going to, or is your loyalty with the organization or with James Harden? That's the decision that Daryl Morris is going to have to make. Pretty interesting. And if he walks in that door, if he, if, What's that? Yeah, and if he walks in that door with the if he walks in the door with the Philadelphia 76ers brass and says, "Look, look, we we want to give James Harden an extension, a three year extension, one hundred and seventy five. Oh Imagine him walking in the door and, and trying to and trying to spring that on the on the I'm Philadelphia. Like they should have him Baker acted. <laughs> when you think so, I mean, <laughs> in the fence. I mean, they, they put him in a jacket that ties in the back. You, you'll see him like in a straight jacket there by the court. He, he'll be more for Clemp than Jerry West is in that portrayal in Winning Time, which. Uh, <laughs> You must go. have run across Jerry good. West at some point in time. Was he anything like he this? That big of a scumbag? I mean, was he even <laughs> close to being like this Meshuggah? I, I never seen a guy that was more volatile. And then uh, acting like a real wimp, uh, you know, in the final episode. Uh, what, what did you think of all of that? You know, I've had several dealings with Jerry West, and he has been nothing but a perfect gentleman, a perfect yeah. NBA representative. That part of it, I've not seen from him. What, now, now, that's not to say that it hasn't happened, because I've not heard, I've never seen Dr. Jerry Buss act in that fashion either, but I've also heard the stories about Dr. Jerry sure. Buss, so oh, yeah. some of that's got to be true somewhere. Yeah. I believe the portrayal of Buss was Buss almost mild, nice. like, like temperate compared to how he was actually living. I, I think uh, <laughs> he was one step away from being Charlie Sheen when he was uh, <laughs> the owner of the Lakers. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But uh, the rest of it, I, I don't know, man. They made Pat Riley look like Joe Pepitone, the baseball player from the Yankees with the giant schnoz. And, uh, you know, none of these guys, I mean, especially Paul Westhead, he seemed like a very distinguished guy, an innovative coach. Can't imagine that, uh, you know, he, he was that, they almost seemed spineless in, in uh, you know, the portrayal they had of him. And I don't think Jack McKinney was this kind of maniac either. He seemed like a pretty distinguished guy, but. Apparently, that's coming back for more. So, uh, you know, if we can get a part as extras in there, it'd be great. You you should qualify with your NBA experience. Don't they need a guy who looks like he could play? You know, to get out there and, uh, you know, to take a few shots in some of those scenes? Uh, could you wear a Laker uniform, Grant Long, for the right amount of, amount of money? I, I could. That, that'd be a great idea, Depot, because that is, the, that is the one thing that I question. Everybody looks the part, but when the, when the action scenes start to happen and the basketball yeah. starts to be played, 
I'm thinking now these guys don't have it. None of these guys move like basketball players. They're terrific actors, but no athletes in these things at all. Yeah, I would imagine Norm Nixon might bring a lawsuit uh, also against uh, <laughs> the producers of Winning Time for making him look like a schmuck. Uh, uh, all right, very exciting. So uh, it sounds to me, I mean, uh, are you leaning Golden State and uh, and Heat as the uh, two guys, uh, two teams that will meet in the finals uh, in uh, this current configuration? I'm leaning Golden State and Miami for sure. Okay. Golden State in Miami. I, I I think the Dallas Mavericks will have a tough time getting past them, and I'm, I'm going to stand on this one. I I got the Heat winning Game One. I got the Celtics winning Game Two, and three and four go to the Heat. Wow, on the Celtics' home wood. Wow, on the parquet. That'd be uh, pretty wild. Uh, Ren Auerbach would be rolling over in his grave. Uh, <laughs> all right, Grant, always a pleasure. Uh, enjoy the uh, rest of this uh, postseason. We hope to talk to you again we'll before we uh, get to the finale. And uh, it's always great having you on the show on any platform that we're performing on. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and spending a lot of time uh, with our listeners here on the Believe Network. Always a pleasure, my friend. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Grant, man. All right, very good. Grant Long, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's uh, the favorites. Golden State, do they prevail? Do they have too much for the Dallas Mavericks? Question number one, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the Mavs and all they've done at some point is going to run out. I, I don't. The Suns didn't make any adjustments. And, I mean, the Suns should have won that series in five or six. And the Mavs figured something out, and the Suns never came back with it. That's why the Monty Williams for Coach of the Year stuff, I wondered, because usually the team that's the favorite, <laughs> the coach doesn't win Coach of the Year. You You're supposed to win. Yeah. And when he needed to show how great a coach he was that people love and uh, give him all this praise, he didn't do anything different. They did nothing different. Like, And Jason Kidd, who's his coach, the people always question, he changed a lot of things around. He didn't have his star for one of the games. Like, he outcoached Monty Williams by a lot. I don't think that's going to happen. Kerr, we've seen as long as he has his guys, he can win. And the Warriors are playing really well. And Clay's finally woken up. I think I think the Warriors will take care of that in six games. The Heat, I don't know what to do. I think it's going to be a war. I mean, having home court, I guess, will give them the edge where I could see them winning in seven games. Um, so I would take them in a seven-game series. But I don't. It's going to be tough. The Celtics have played really good ball lately, and they're now. It's not just about Tatum. Like they're getting help from different sources, which is what the Heat have done all playoffs and all season. Very uh, similar. I mean, uh, I don't know if they're carbon copies of each no, other because I mean, the, the Heat don't have a dynamic. Scorer uh, like Tatum, and uh, yet uh, you know with Jalen Brown, you can't forget about him. Yeah. And then, as you said, the uh, Celtics have been getting contributions offensively. Uh, this Williams cat last night was unbelievable. <laughs> They're still uh, up in the air about the other Williams that yeah. they have, who, who would be a big defensive presence uh, for them if he, he can play. He was showing signs that he was coming back. I don't know what his status is. Then he got hurt. He didn't get hurt. He was just sore. Yeah. Um, so he didn't. I don't think he played the last game or two. But you would right. think that he'd be back. And that's the thing with the Heat. The Heat are doing the same thing with the Lowry. Those are two key figures for both of those teams, and we don't know what they'll be in this series. Should be a lot of fun, both of these series. Uh, I mean, uh, Dallas really distinguished themselves uh, with this uh, comeback win, winning uh, games uh, six and seven in dominant uh, against the uh, Phoenix Suns in dominant fashion and uh, doing it while it looked like they were having a pretty darn good time, right? And uh, then uh, on the other side of it, uh, Heat-Celtics, uh, a matchup you could have anticipated. And uh, both of those teams uh, played some great basketball all throughout the regular season. Celtics started slowly and then came on and were the best team in the East uh, for the All-Star break on, from yeah. the All-Star break on. And, and the Heat 
consistently good all year. And then when it looked like they were having a little bit of a down period, they rallied right back and started winning ball games in uh, impressive fashion. So, uh, and, and, you know, they finally uh, took care of uh, the so-called business that was at hand which was Philadelphia after being knotted up in that series at 2-2, sort of surprisingly so. All right, that's going to do it for us. A lot of fun being with you, whoever you're rooting for. And we'll have a doubleheader working tomorrow uh, here in South Florida with the Florida Panthers now against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. And then, of course, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Going to need uh, two screens and two sets of eyeballs to uh, keep track of all of the action. Should be a lot of fun. That's uh, what makes the postseason great, especially if your teams are involved. And uh, we will see you tomorrow here on the uh, Believe Network. Until then, uh, we leave you with the same message that we have every day, people. And that is, uh, it's a short trip out there. So no matter what you're doing, no matter uh, what the circumstances, approach it with the idea that you got to believe. recently realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us any time of year things can happen to your home or business and the insurance company can be your friend but they also can be your enemy horizon public adjusters justina testa are here for you to help this process go so much easier before you call the insurance company call horizon public adjusters and justina testa at 954-809-8752 would you go into court without an attorney so why would you go up against an insurance company without Verizon Public Adjusters, and Justina Testa. Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled caring people there is truly only one place and that one place is catholic health services thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube